What up, world? Past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And now also on YouTube, we're pushing for a thousand subscribers on YouTube on Halloween. We are we are close to six hundred as I as I record this. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and support the show. Head on over to YouTube and subscribe now. It's a great way. It, it is a great way to support the show. Uh, helps the show become more visible, helps it grow. And uh, and I would, I would truly appreciate it. So if you haven't subscribed yet on YouTube, please do that. In today's show, we're talking preseason hoops. The Blazers lost their third straight preseason game, 119-74 to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, yuck. <laughs> yuck. I mean, that's it. That's it. That's like, that's the big, big takeaway here is gross. But uh, I, I want to talk about what we saw. Um, I want to start here with some some sort of like positive caveats. And then we'll get into what's, what's sort of the issues I've seen on offense, what's, what I've seen on defense and, um, you know, and, and sort of where the panic level should be as they head into their final preseason game Friday. Uh, it's, whew, okay, let's start here. <laughs> The Blazers have worn me out with how mediocre they've looked. Um, The lineups have been disjointed in preseason. Uh, They haven't had everybody when they needed them. Uh, You know, in the first preseason game, they they didn't want to, they want to play everybody about a half. And then, you know, early in the third quarter, Cody Zeller breaks his nose. Uh, Somewhere in there, Nazir Little suffers a hamstring strain. Tony Snell just hasn't been healthy. Uh, In today's game, Anthony Simons missed the game. game. In the second game of the preseason, they held everybody out. They, you know, they rested Damon CJ. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't play Norm. They didn't play Ben McLemore in, uh, in, in this game, Norman Powell only played the first half, like the, 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 the lineups all preseason long through three games and really just two. Cause the second one doesn't, doesn't, I wouldn't really count it. Um, just cause of the way they treated it through two games, the lineups, even, even when sort of trying to play their full complement of guys, they, they have been disjointed. Like I said, in this game, no Tony Snell, no Nazir Little, who's, who missed a second straight game with a left hamstring strain, no Cody Zeller, who's still recovering from that fractured nose and subsequent surgery that he had last Friday and no Anthony Simons, who's dealing with a right thumb injury. So that all matters like Zeller and, and uh, I believe Zeller, Nas, and Ant are going to be in the regular season starting nine. Like, I, I think that's going to, or like nine-man rotation starting nine. That'd be, the Blazers might need nine guys um, in the early nine-man rotation. Like, those are three your guys who are going to play a bunch off the bench. And if and if uh, Nazir Little doesn't play, it'll be because he loses out to Ben McLemore because they need another guard. But I think Nas is going to play. I think, like, I think all those dudes are part of your regular rotation. So not having them kind of changes things up. Super disjointed, right? Um, and then in the first preseason game, you're just kind of fi- feeling it out and trying to figure it out. And there's no there's no sort of go mode. And in the second preseason game, you just let everyone rest and the results didn't matter. You're just trying to get some run. And Dennis Smith Jr., who's, you know, vying to, to get the last uh, guaranteed contract on the roster, uh, you know, showed out. And it's not a big deal. But then, and, and then, it's, so I could write it off, right? The first couple games I could write off. They, I didn't think they looked good in the opening game, but I was ready to say, who cares? Uh, and then against the Suns, you know, all, all of those caveats still exist, right? Like all of that stuff is still sort of part of it. And yet they played their guys. Uh, you know, this was the this was the night one starting group of Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Nurk. Like, this is it. The bench wasn't fully intact, but you've got your five starters, and the Blazers have been pushing all summer long um, in public and in private that they think they have one of the best starting gr- groups in the league. I think they'd have a very good starting lineup, but... Um, 
we didn't see it here against the Suns. They scored 11 points in the first quarter. They were down 21 at halftime, and the game was over. The Suns pulled their starters in the um, after halftime. That you know didn't only play them in the first two quarters. The Blazers played uh, basically a full sub, basically like a you know eight minute substitution pattern with most of their starters in the second half, but not Norman Powell. The first guy off the bench was C.J. Ellaby. Like this was, um, th- this was still not the Blazers' full roster. But it still had a bunch of red flags. Like it's this was still a little bit troubling. So I guess caveat one here is that uh, it's it's the the lineups we just haven't seen the roster fully there, um, and I think that matters. Like I think I think noting that not the full complement of people haven't been available is is important, and we should we should note it, and it should be part of it. A super disjointed substitution pattern, super disjointed plan. Um, you know, a Monday and then a whole bunch of days off, and then they didn't even play in game two. So really, that like you know, Damon CJ and the starters hadn't played for over a week, closing in on nine days without playing a basketball game, and even then they played one half against the Warriors, like. Yes, those caveats apply. I think I think we should say them and 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 recognize them as real things. It's also a new system, both offensively and defensively. They're trying to do new stuff that matters too. It's just lack of integration into the new system matters for sure. And I think the other caveat is that like is like you know learning a new system, not playing very often, and and in general, just like the preseason is is not an unimportant measure of how good they're going to be i think i think all all of that is is just absolutely sort of baked into should you freak out if the question is like you've watched them play they're zero and three should you freak out i think the basic answer is probably not yet but (laughs) and i think the but is the problem here it's like yeah they haven't had a lot of time together yeah it's a new system and yeah the like there there isn't much emphasis to win beyond the first couple you know beyond the first couple quarters like beyond that it's 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 not like um in- incredibly important that they win they're not coming back and playing dame in the fourth quarter and down the stretch like that like all all of that is is just undeniably true but and i i think the but is what i want to talk about to close the show here like i want to i want the caveats up front uh, i don't i don't think win loss matters i don't think the i don't think the box score particularly matters but you can see it if you watch these games and if you didn't watch these games or if you're not able to watch these games although uh some good news blazer broadcasting uh, or blazer broadcasts are going to be available on direct tv not just their streaming product but also like the satellite product there's some there's some real good news in blazerland more people going to be able to watch the games but if you weren't able to watch the games what i want to do in the second and third segments is kind of like just walk through what we saw walk through um what i think are most the most concerning things for this team um you know i'm not i'm not personally saying i'm like kind of raising an eyebrow to say they don't look good i'm not freaking out yet but i think there are reasons more reasons to be concerned than not so let's talk about those reasons to be concerned in the second segment but before we do that let's talk about sweat block it's the number one selling product in the antiperspirant category on amazon.com that means it's super popular you don't need to know much more than that that is the number one e-commerce site in the world and Sweatblock is number one in the antiperspirant category. So if you or someone or you or someone you love is a heavy perspire, heavy sweater, if this is a part of your life, Sweatblock and specifically Sweatblock wipes could be the solution that you need. They're really simple and one use can protect you for up to seven days from heavy perspiration. They are proven to be uh, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. And here's how simple they are to use. You just take a Sweatblock wipe, you wipe it where you're going to sweat in your underarms or wherever you're going to perspire the night before. 
You go to bed, you wake up, take a shower, and go about your day with confidence. Wear what you want to wear, and don't don't you won't have to worry about sweating. Uh, Sweatblock is so confident in their product, they give you the dry shirt guarantee. If the if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's as simple as that. So why not give it a try? Go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on, you'll get twenty percent off your next order. That is promo code locked on for twenty percent off at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon and at your local CVS. All right. So we talked about the Blazers, the the reasons to not be concerned, the obvious caveats for the Blazers preseason. Now I want to talk about the reasons to be concerned. And I think they showed up against the Suns. So, you know, we could delve deeper into the into the recap and the box score of the Suns. But I think more, more useful for this is just using this as a jumping off point. The Suns played, um, you know, no Chris Paul, but they played what was very similar to their starting lineup, uh, you know, you had Devin Booker, you had Mikael Bridges, you had Jay Crowder, you had DeAndre Ayton, uh, campaign for my real friends started at point guard. Uh, you know, they, they, they had their, some of their regular compliments off the bench, like Cam Johnson and, and Frank Kaminsky and Abdel Nader, like JaVale McGee, like this was this was something similar to the Suns' real lineup, and it was something similar to the Blazers' real lineup. They're regular starters. Not who, not everyone else you'd expect off the bench. You know, no Ant, like I said, no Ant, no Nas, no Cody Zeller. Uh, but the first, you know, nine minutes of the game, in a lot of ways, t- told the story. Um, let's let's start with my concerns on offense. The Blazers shot terribly in this game. Six of thirty-nine from three-point land. Not worried about thirty-nine attempts. That sounds like a totally reasonable number. But they also shot under thirty percent from the floor. Twenty-nine point eight percent from the floor. Twenty-nine point eight percent in an NBA game from the floor bricks but i don't care about the bricks i do not care about the bricks i do i'll say it again i do not care about the bricks cj mccollum early on in the game missed some open ones damian lord twice in uh, in the second quarter had a side you know pump fake fly by sidestep brick a shot he makes probably in the like you know 48 50 percent range like it's just a money shot for him uh Robert Covington missed two shots in the corner that he can hit. Another one shot of the left wing that's just like right there for him. These are these are generating good looks was or generating open looks was was not an issue early. It was bricks and and uh, it is is indeed a make or miss league and that matters right. But like functionally the shots they just miss some shots and and I'm right now when the games don't count no reason to worry about the bricks. No reason to worry about it. Note them. It looks gross. Felt bad. Would have felt better if the shots had gone in for sure. But like, not not a concern. Not a, not a concern for me. But th- what I worry about on offense is there just haven't haven't been long stretches where they look fluid. Um, you know, against the Warriors, they turn the ball over a bunch. Uh, some of the like overall turnover numbers are skewed by playing the end of the bench and uh, at the end of games, and um, it kind of gets ragged at the end of uh, preseason games. But like. Even with the regulars on the court, they're turning the ball over too much. The turnovers are happening. Uh, Nurk got called for a bunch of offensive fouls, a couple moving screens, one where he was just clearing out in transition, kind of grabbing the guy behind him uh, to post up in the paint and, and, and moving him out of the way, using his hands to create space and, and got called for an offensive foul. Um, you know, they're just, there's there's some bad turnovers. And why I point out Nurk's uh, fouls is like 
offensive fouls or turnovers. Uh, but like too many turnovers, too many, too many turnovers. The ball, you know, they're trying to do maybe too much on passes and and um, and it, it's a lot of read and react stuff on offense. Like it's like the ball goes here and you can you can go one way or another. It's like you're allowed to react off where the ball dictates what the what the read and react is. Like as opposed to like just like full hard like hard in hard in the dirt motions like um they're not it's not um you know it's not as it's more fluid right in 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 theory it, there's more options more ball movement more chances to you know okay if the ball goes in the high post i can i can go here if the ball goes to the corner i can go here if the ball's at the top of the key like that's that's the idea of the blazers offense right it's that it's not as rigid as it once was um you know there's still structure and plans and and spacing is important but it's 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 just not it's not as it's not as rigid in the in the movements you don't have to not one action triggers another it's you're supposed to read and react off one another that's the idea of it here's the problem it's just not fluid right now it doesn't look like even when the ball moves a little bit more it doesn't it doesn't ping around and create advantages. If the Blazers score off assists, they're scoring off one cut. The ball goes in, somebody goes back door, nice pass. Or a pick and roll happens, somebody slips the screen, you get it inside, one pass to the weak side, bucket. Like it's, it's you know, it's not four or five passes. It's a one pass to an assist and one pass to a play, one pass to, to a nice play. Like it's not... The ball, this this is not sort of the ideal of Blazers basketball that maybe we had envisioned under this sort of new ball movement egalitarian offense. The, the ball isn't pinging around all crazy and magically. It They just don't look connected. And I'm talking the starters. I am not, I am, with all due respect to Trenton Watford and Greg Brown, I am not worried about those those gentlemen's minutes. Um, you know, Greg Brown always does something fun. Trenton Watford is big and can handle. There are some exciting things from them, but like they're not going to play when this, this thing starts to count. So, so what I'm what I'm really harping on here is what the starters have looked like, and they just do not look fluid on offense. Um, it's it is some of it is the new system for sure. Some of it is the wonky lineups for sure. That's why we led with the caveats. Like all of these things feed into what we're going to say here. So I think I think continue to point those out. But like some of it is they just they just don't look like they're there. New coach, new system, all that stuff. But like the offense doesn't look ready. You would like them to be able to say for four minutes against the Kings or four minutes against the Warriors, you saw what it could be. The ball pinged around. They looked awesome. All of, you know, uh, the offense looked as unstoppable as we think it might be at its peak. They don't have a four minute stretch to point to. They just don't have it yet. Um, and, and I think that's a concern. Like, um, you don't need to see results. You don't, you do. The Blazers could have got smoked in this game and it wouldn't have mattered. Like they got run out the gym. They, they lost, <laughs> they were, you know, they were down 21 at halftime. Um, and, and more than that with what, before they kind of totally got their guys out the game, right? Like they were, and that, that could have been the same thing, but there was no stretch where you said like, oh, they're going to be good. The Suns are a really good basketball team. Uh, you know, played in the finals last year, and they're going to be one of the really good teams again um, in the West. I have no doubt about it. This is a, this is going to be a really good team. But like, they more than they were like disrupting the Blazers' offense. The Blazers' offense was just you know harrying pass, like throwing harried passes against pressure defense as as traps came, trying to get it out quickly, then trying to make that second pass too fast so the defense scrambled back, and everyone knows where you're going to go with it. Just. Bad decision-making, too quick decision-making, and then sometimes the Blazers fall back on what they do, which is just Damer CJ shoot it because they're frustrated with how bad the offense is. How, how bad the offense is. It just devolves. 
It just devolves quickly. And I think that's the concern with this team is like that they're trying to implement this new system and it's and it's in theory, like theoretically, it is a better fit for who they are and what they want to do. But when it doesn't work, then they fall back on some of their bad habits. And then when you're trying to battle bad habits versus new system versus new plan and all, you know, new plan, blah, 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 blah. Like it's just... It gets thrown out of whack, and so far in preseason, they've been out of whack, and the offense looks bad. I do not care about the missing shots. I worry more about them generating more and better better looks more often. Um, you know, if say if four of their open looks go in, they look a little bit better, but I think just the fluidity of the offense is still a problem, and I think that's a concern. When we come back in the th- uh, third segment, I want to close out the show, talk a little bit about defense, and then talk about what we need to see for for the end of the Blazers preseason. They play their final exhibition game Friday uh, in, in San Francisco against the Golden State Warriors. So that's what we'll talk about to close the show. But before we do that, let's talk about betonline.ag. We're entering a weekend full, 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 full of college football. And pro football. In fact, all weekend long, you can watch folks play out on the gridiron. A little American football for you. You can also bet on all the action. And there's no better place to do it than betonline.ag. Your number one source for all things pro and college football. they got real-time updated odds on all of the games. Props on the games. Contests all weekend long. And listen, there's... You don't have to just bet on football. You can bet on basketball. The WNBA finals are happening. The uh, Major League Baseball playoffs are happening. There's a whole bunch of action. There's also boxing matches, your favorite uh, casino games. So if you want to get on any sports betting action, head on over to betonline.ag. You can do it on your phone or your computer. And make sure you put in the promo code LOCKED on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is a 50% match on the first deposit for new customers. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. So we talked about the Blazers preseason and why it's probably no reason to worry yet. But we also discussed the Blazers offense, which just doesn't look good. Even outside the bricks, it just doesn't look good. Um, If they were generating a bunch of layups and smoking layups, sure. Um, But it seems like they're, you know, one or two passes and then the movement breaks down or, or you know, they tr- they're just trying to force stuff and it's not, they're not making high level smart reads. They're just not comfortable in what they're doing. But I want to flip it to the other side of the ball. Um, just like as a caveat, I think they're going to be fine on offense because even if the system breaks down, they still have Damon Lord and CJ McCollum and like those two dudes can just dribble into shots and, and keep you afloat. I am a little worried about the defense though. If I'm, if I'm keeping it a buck 50 with you, this was, this is like, um, you know, the offense is changing functionally for sure, but the defense is also like a drastic change and they sucked on defense last year and they have relatively similar personnel. Like just add in Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller. Is that, is that sort of like a, a game changing uh, defensive look? Yes, they should be better on defense. They don't look it yet. And I think that's a problem. Um, so what they're doing on defense is, uh, many of you have heard me talk about this a bunch, but if you're a new listener, welcome. Let's kind of just like break through the the sort of the basics and then we'll get into sort of more specifics. They're coming up higher on screens. So when, when someone, when there's a screen on the ball, they're sending the big man to like 
to show to the screen, show to the ball, cut off the ball handler's drive, and then sprint back and recover. But when the big man shows, you have to help on the backside. It's what they call tagging the roller. So when the guy, the screen, the man who sets the screen rolls to the rim, someone on the opposite side, usually the opposite side corner, would will come all the way in and tag the roller. So touch the roller, prevent that entry pass, and then you got to, and then as you recover, you you kind of rotate and scramble back from there. It's a more aggressive style of defense. It maybe should be just in general, like you think it should be more effective, or if nothing else, it'll be a little bit different. And right now, it just seems like a different way for the Blazers to get carved up. Uh, they're bad at it. I don't I don't know any other way to put it. There are moments when you say, oh, that was it. They, you know, they they cut off the first action, they scrambled back to the ball, they got, they rotated back and everyone found their man and, and was, you know, feet set with the ball in front of him on the second pass. Okay, they forced the third pass, now the dude's taking a jump shot. Okay, sure, whatever. But I don't think they've played three good defensive possessions all po- uh, preseason long. I don't think we've seen a third, a third good uh, defensive possession. That's... It, you know, one good one good effort, a second good effort. Hey, the ball goes in, but what are you going to do? But then on the third effort, it just they just look they look out of sorts. Not even out of sorts. That that's more like the offense. The defense just looks plain bad, just bad. Um, in a way that like you kind of believe because this was a bad defense last year. Maybe they're just still going to be bad even with the scheme changes. Too early to worry, but here here are things I'm worried about. It doesn't take much to take to take them out of their rotations. It's not like the ball has to swing around or a guy gets all the way into the teeth of the defense and then and then it's a problem. Like it's it's the second pass. It's the second pass and everyone's out of sorts. They they um you know the screen comes, they have a, they had an initial rotation or the ball goes you know goes to the to the wing and they have an initial rotation and someone who uh, swings over from the weak side and they just one dribble drive and someone has to help and then they throw a skip pass over the top. This they scramble to uh, stop that skip pass. One more pass and it's and it's easy one more pass and it's easy it's it's just like it hasn't been difficult um the suns got catch and shoot threes whenever they wanted um they you know i did i didn't chart it out because it's preseason i'm not going to go back and watch it was regular season i might um i might queue up the film but it's like it to me i think the suns took somewhere in the range of eight or ten unguarded three-pointers in the first quarter. They missed some of them, but you just can't, um, you know, there's the, the thing you can do to prevent threes is prevent three-point attempts. Uh, you know, contesting versus wide open is probably, um, is, is probably, uh, somewhat negligible, at least according to my good friend, Kevin Pelton, who, um, who has convinced me that the difference between a wide open three and a guarded three is, is, is probably negligible statistically. But the, dip, the, the way you stop three pointers is, is, is low attempts, negate the number of attempts because, um, and you can only, you know, you can only do so much to negate the number of attempts, but if you're not close, you're not negating them. It's just, it doesn't matter if you're giving up, you know, wide open, butt naked threes, like, you know, it's just, it's a problem. They, they, they had a problem guarding on the perimeter and it starts with keeping the ball in front of you and then getting stuck in rotations. And it's the same thing. And the change in personnel, you know, having Nurk be further out on the floor, we didn't see Cody Zeller, but like having Nurk further out on the floor and then trying to recover has not helped. It's made them worse in rotations. They look worse on defense because in the previous scheme was just more conservative. You didn't have to scramble and cover as much ground. The scrambling and covering ground requires communication. It requires trust and it requires, requires understanding, you know, the reading of what the other team wants to do. 
If they go one way, you know, you've got to X and switch out. You've got to run from the baseline out to the three-point line and hope that the man who was at who was guarding the person at the three-point line will get back and cover your guy in the far corner. Like it's just it it takes a lot of trust and it takes a lot of communication. And I had talked with um I asked the Blazers after the first preseason game against the Warriors if they thought it was more like understanding the scheme or com- or just communicating, just not talking enough. And both Dame and, and Nurk told me or said to me because it's in a it's in a press conference. You probably heard it on TV, like that that it was more about um, being where they're supposed to be. That it wasn't about communicating yet. Like it was really just about like are we in the right spots and are we following our rules? When you're there, I'm here. Type of rules. They haven't picked up on that. Now, they haven't played very much, but they don't have, like, they don't have, the way they haven't had four minutes of good offense, they haven't had three possessions of good defense where you could say, well, we've seen it. You've seen small flashes, one possession here or there where you're like, okay, this makes sense, but not enough sustained high-level defense that I I feel comfortable saying, like, this This is this is a team that looks right or whatever. Um, they They're troubling on defense. The other thing I asked Chauncey Billups after that first preseason game was, or actually this was prior, this was before the preseason ever started, was did he feel inclined to have a dress rehearsal? And that, but what that, by that I mean like playing Damon CJ something like 30 minutes and running through a full rotation of um, subs in the third quarter. Like you don't have to play the final nine minutes or whatever, but like a whole first quarter you play straight up like a regular game. Uh, first run through the first subs, um, you know, the first rotation in, in the second half, like it's a regular game. And then when you, when you would bring Dame back at like the seven or nine minute mark, screw it, bring in the end of the bench, you saw what you're going to see. And he, Billup said he wasn't quite there yet. And I don't think it would make sense to do it in the final preseason game. Um, it, you know, he could, but I don't, it, it doesn't, it's typically not how NBA coaches do it. So he might have another plan because of sort of the way they've looked, but like in general, to me, it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense that they would do that. So the Blazers might very well be going into the regular season kind of looking like they look, you know, limited limited chances on the court together, um, a whole bunch of janky lineups because of injuries, and also just treating the preseason like it is, like it's um, uh, like it's not not super super important. I think game reps matter. I think it matters in general. I think the preseason is not a great read. Like the 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 results of the preseason aren't a particularly good read. The 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 what doesn't matter like what did they do did they make some threes did they do this that doesn't matter but how they did it matters like i think the predictive part of preseason is not the results or the shooting percentages or any of that it's how did they do it um you know did they make several passes did they did they are they running more pick and rolls did they did la- than they did last year are they shooting more threes than they did last year blazers running slightly less pick and rolls shooting a nearly identical same three point rate three point rate good continue shooting threes if you have a bunch of good three point shooters you should shoot more threes that's good math um, if you think they should shoot less threes, uh, you, me and you disagree pretty, pretty sincerely, but like the, the how, um, on, on offense and defense is like how they're doing it is just like they're, 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 they haven't quite answered that question, right? Like, um, the functionality of the offense looks, it doesn't look fluid and on defense, they just don't look connected. And that's, that's, that's a problem. Uh, the 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 box score stuff I'm not worried about the result stuff I'm not worried about but like the 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 not saying the not having good sustained stretches of execution that you could point to and say like well you know they they might be there I think that that to me matters um that to me I would be concerned about and um 
I, <laughs> I imagine they're a little concerned. So what I started this, this podcast with and want to close here is like, should you panic? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's too early to panic. I think these, these minutes aren't meaningful enough to panic. I think, um, you know, I just think of all, all the caveats I started the show with, I think they matter too much. But we'll say this, the Blazers looked terrible in preseason to begin uh, last season, and they started off the season looking bad also. Um, it doesn't it doesn't always correlate, but in some ways these minutes matter, and they are an indicator of when the starting group plays together, the starting group hasn't looked that sharp. I'm a believer in this team's offense. I really am. I really I just think Norm and Dame and CJ is too good to, for it to get derailed. Uh, you know, I think they're kind of like, the worst they'll be on offense is something like 11th. Like they're going to be really, they're an above average offense. And I think they're going to be really, really good. Like I'm, I'm just straight up, not worried about them. Straight up, not worried about them. Defense I'm worried about because they weren't a good defensive team last year and they don't look like a better one this year. And it kind of held them back. It was their Achilles heel. And famously it wasn't a result of the roster. So maybe the, maybe the roster will correct itself with some upgrades because they did change the roster a little bit in order to improve the defense. So, Maybe it'll be there. Maybe it'll be there. Maybe the new schemes will make it happen. Maybe, maybe it'll, maybe it'll all make sense. But I'm, I'm worried about them on the defensive side of the ball. And, and, and why I say I'm not worried overall is because I think their offense can keep them afloat as a pretty decent, competitive basketball team. Like I think they're, I think they're going to be competitive even if they take no steps forward on defense. But the whole point of this was to show that they could take a step forward on defense, that they could be a little better, that a new scheme would change up what they are. And so far it hasn't been that. Preseason is not the right time to freak out, is not the right time to hit the panic button, is not the right time to, to, um, to go to just to just read too much into the results and and while out it is that is that is not the move but it is the time to take stock of what we've seen and what we've seen hasn't been good it's kind of um not disheartening but just not not particularly inspiring they have not been an inspiring group and i think that's the real takeaway here friday they play the golden state warriors in their final preseason game we'll see how much the starters play i think that that's That'll matter, like how how much they want to get these guys out there to and do stuff, um, and and we will talk about that on on early next week's show. So that's you know we will we will have results from the whole preseason. We'll react to the whole preseason. The Blazers will make their final roster decision and all that. So next week's show, um, you know, we'll preview the regular season and talk about what we've learned and where we are. And maybe the Warriors game will kind of change change where we are now. But I kind of think so far it's an uninspiring preseason that you hope is is mostly meaningless. But if it's meaningful, you will know you have seen the signs. The writing will have been on the wall based on what we've seen the last ten days. To close out this week. I'm I'm going to be joined by a familiar and very fun guest, my friend Chuck Charles Tuggle. Longtime listeners to uh, me in the podcast space will know who that is, and if you don't, that's my buddy who follows the NBA really closely. Me and him are going to do Blazers over unders to close out the week, so make sure you come back and listen to that show. This podcast is five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Subscribe both places. It does. It's not going to hurt you, and it's going to help me, and I would appreciate it. So make sure you're doing that. And when your friends ask you about Blazer Podcasts as the season starts rolling along, tell them that you listen to Lockdown Blazers and that you can find us just by searching Lockdown Blazers wherever you're looking for podcasts. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.